I'll tell you something I love about being in France, in addition to some seriously delicious butter, and that is the wide selection of wines I can find in France for low prices. It can be much more difficult to source those same bottles back in the States, and that's why I love to buy wines out of France with Ideal Wine. I have bottles shipped to me, hassle-free. It's easy. Ideal Wine has a new auction every week and is a great source for iconic names like Ouette, Louis Roeder, and Domaine Lefleve, as well as rising stars like Arnaud Lachaud, Gonon, and Tissot. Find the wines you'd rather be drinking at idealwine.com. That's I-D-E-A-L-W-I-N-E.com and have the wine shipped to you in the States. Use the promo code FIRST, F-I-R-S-T, for $15 off your first order of $150 or more. Hey, that's $15 you could save, and that is some good butter money. See for yourself at Ideal Wine. I'll drink to that, where we get behind the scenes of the beverage business. I'm Levy Dalton. I'm Erin Scala. And here's our show today. Vittorio Fiori on the show today of Poggio Scaletti in Tuscany and Castelluccio in Romagna. Hello, sir. How are you? Fine. Thank you. Very nice to have you here. Yeah, thank you. Your history uh, working with Sangiovese uh, goes back quite some time, actually. Yeah, my my profession uh, starts a uh, long, long time ago. In the 90s, I bought uh, my first uh, winery in Toscana, but uh, I came in Tuscany in the middle of the uh, 70s. In that time, I was a director of the uh, Italian Association of Enologists in Milan, and uh, a friend of mine asked me to follow as enologist uh, his winery in, uh, in Graven County. So um, the weekend, I came there, 70s, in the middle of 70s. It was, a, it was a completely another world. Uh, viticultural world. In Tuscany, the vineyards were uh, almost abandoned. They planted the new vineyards with 2,800 uh, plants, but after 10 years, they had 1,500, 1,800. So the production w- was... Uh, but the production was still big. Why? Because they they asked to the, the, the plants, the, the vines, to produce 10 kilos Pro, it's it's fine, you know, and so uh, of course uh, the quality of uh, the master was uh, unbelievable. Down, you know, the climate was not the climate we have now, but most of of, of all the mentality was not uh, what mentality we have uh, today, you know, because in that time uh, even the the authority they, they push the producers. To plant uh, vineyards to be um, care uh, with a machine, to reduce uh, the, um, the cost, uh, and to produce a lot, uh, uh, very light wine, you know, um, able to be sold at very low price. This was the mentality, the, the direction in which uh, everybody went to go, because uh, the mentality was... Uh, to say, okay, if I have to make a gift uh, to my doctor or my advocate, I buy a French bottle of wine and I give it to them. 
nobody talked to give a, a bottle of Italian wine in that, in that time. But uh, fortunately, a very important journalist, uh, Luigi Veronelli, starts to, to write uh, about wine in the newspaper. But it was no uh, politically correct uh, to speak about or write about wine. Wine was on the table, was on the bar, was uh, every, everywhere, but uh, a lady could not go in the bar and ask uh, a glass of wine. Uh, no, because it was forbidden. Because what was not, uh, you know... Uh, it wasn't the, a refined, classy uh, thing to do. Exactly, you know. And so the wine, even uh, the editors, they don't want to write about wine. But Veronelli tried step by step to increase the interest of a consumer to read something about wine because the knowledge about wine was very, very low, even in the, in the people. Even because wine was in the time like other um, uh, food, very uh, popular, milk, bread, uh, polenta, wine, all at the same level. A staple. Yes, exactly. Veronelli said, no, we have a potential, as all the other people, they, they live in the, in the area and they were able to produce wine. And so we have to increase our uh, potential. And step by step, I remember, <laughs> because in that time, uh, uh, there was uh, no this small producer uh, able to produce high-quality wines, even for himself. But uh, uh, the, 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 the small uh, growers, uh, they produce wine to drink uh, at the table, not to export, not to sell, uh, even in the Italian market. This, this uh, job was in the hand of big uh, um, producers or um, cooperatives, you know, and they didn't produce uh, any high-quality wines. So, Veronelli <laughs> made a paradox and he said uh, the best wine from uh, the industry is uh, much uh, worse than the worst wine from the, the growers. <laughs> and so, it was a shock, but uh, we needed a shock, otherwise uh, nothing uh, will change, you know. And so, when I started to to have the possibility, to have the responsibility to produce uh, wine, I decided, first of all, to change what it was possible to change in the, in, in the vineyard and to change the technology in, uh, in, in, the, in the cellars. But uh, it was uh, much more easy and much less uh, expensive to change the technology in the cellars than to change the, the viticulture. Even because the viticulture, uh, apart from the investment you have to, to make to prepare the soil, to buy the, the vines and so, you have to wait four, six, uh, seven years to have the first return, you know. And so, uh, in that moment, uh, we made an uh, analogy, I call it uh, a correction analogy, to correct uh, the nature, because the nature wasn't, uh, not wasn't a, uh, able to, to produce big wine. We didn't give to the nature the possibility to, to produce a, a, a very good wine. So, uh, starting uh, to, to make a new 
new style of wines, because I have to make a, a, a parenthesis. Uh, in that moment, in the 60s, end of 60s, came the, uh, the regulation about uh, the, the DOC. You know? the 63 was the big uh, law. And then, uh, starting from 66 uh, six and 67, they came the the, the new um, uh, rules for each. Um, but even in that case, uh, they they make a big mistake. Why? Because they started with the mentality. They were sure that what we had in that uh, historical moment was the maximum we could made as quality in the wine. You know, it was completely stupid. We we went at the level zero, not the level hundred, you know. But they didn't understand, uh, understood that uh, problem, and so they put a lot of rules, and they still are in the in the regulation today, with the the goal to maintain everything like that, you know. The whites in Tuscany had to be made with Trebbiano. The Chianti with uh, white grapes in the Chianti. Uh, why? Because uh, the Baron uh, in the 1700 said, uh, but it's not true because uh, if you read uh, really what uh, Baron um, Riccardo said, he said, if you want to produce a, a red wine uh, light to, to be uh, ready soon to, to drink, uh, you put uh, white grapes. Otherwise, if you want to, to make a reserva or something to, to live a long, long time, you have to respect 100% Sangiovese. But nobody, or not all the people knows this particular, you know. And this mistake was at the base of the naissance of Super Tuscans. Why? Because nobody recognized himself in the, in the, in the law. And so... They go out of the law to produce table wine. I remember uh, I was in charge from the, the region Toscana to, to make a presentation, wine tasting. And they spent, in that time, they started to spend a lot. I mean, uh, we, we have, uh, we are, we had in the uh, 80s, starting of 80s. And uh, Regione Toscana spent a lot of money to to promote uh, the wines, but I was uh, charged to go, for instance, uh, in Japan, in, in the United States, in Germany, in Norway, Norway. But the wine uh, they give to me to present was uh, the wine from the cooperative, the wine from the, the friend of uh, the poly politic, the wine, and I said no. Don't tell me to, to, to present this wine because uh, I remember one time I was in, in Tokyo with a, a, a functionary of uh, the region, the Tuscan, Tuscan region, and we tested the wine before the testing. And we said, no, we cannot uh, present a wine like that. So we went to a shop and you know, take in Tokyo and we buy with our money because the uh, reg region didn't <laughs> give back uh, the money. We, we bought uh, three bottles of Sasikaya and I don't remember, probably Tignanello or something like that. And it was a successful, big success, yeah. a big success, you know. 
Then when we came back, we said to the region, no, you have to make a filter before, uh, a public filter. I, I, I don't want to be the responsible for the choice, you know. You make a, um, a wine tasting, everybody could uh, participate, and only the wines over a certain point, they can uh, benefit of the public money, you know. And it was a successful. No one more in the world could uh, say something negative about uh, the, the, the Tuscan wines in this promotion we made. But the, prob the problem of uh, the Super Tuscan was a big problem because uh, nobody wanted to, to be inside in the DOC because it was not uh, profitable, you know. And so, remaining outside of uh, the DOC gave the possibility to use uh, other kind of varieties, new varieties. I call new varieties. You, you can read uh, French varieties, uh, Cabernet, Merlot, uh, Syrah, Petit Verdot. And those wines, the wines able to, to bring to the producer enough money to start to invest in the vineyards, in the cellar, in the technology, in the enologists, even because the, 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 the figure of the enologist was not very known, you know. Why? Because the enologist, uh, until uh, that moment, uh, uh, went only in the, in the big, uh, big wineries. They, they had the, the possibility to pay them, you know, to, to get the salary. And in that time was very important, the figure of a, a consultant. I, I started to be consultant in 64. I, th I, I think maybe I'm the first consultant in viticulture uh, and in Italy. In north of Italy, I was uh, in Piemonte, close uh, Novara, in that area. And I, one day I said, but why I have to work only for one uh, winery? I can give uh, suggestions to many wineries. They spend uh, each spend less less money. Me, I can uh, obtain a very good uh, profit, and so I started with uh, six, uh, seven, eight uh, different uh, wineries. And uh, when I came in Tuscany, I started again to be a consultant, and we went only three. After two or three years in the 80s, Franco Bernabé, uh, Maurizio Castelli, and me uh, in, as consultant. Because the big, uh, the big um, uh, one is like uh, Cecchi, like uh, in that way, Antinori, of course, uh, uh, Frescobaldi, they had uh, inside an analogist. You know, the luck of Antinori was the mind of Piero, because Piero uh, understood that uh, in Italy was uh, almost impossible to find uh, the right mentality to increase the quality of the wine. And so he went, uh, he, has, he had uh, um, uh, Giacomo Takis already in, 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 in force, you know, but uh, he went to France to bring Peinot. Emile Peinot came uh, in silent, nobody knew that. <laughs> and Peinot, of course, uh, went the, the responsible to introduce the Cabernet in, 
in Bulgaria, uh, the use of, of small barrels, uh, French techniques, Bordeaux techniques. And that was, was uh, the key to win, you know. So green harvest and more ripening too? Was uh, that Peinot Of course, too? Yeah, of okay. course. The team, uh, Peinot and, uh, and uh, Giacomo Takis, uh, very clever man uh, too, he understood immediately what uh, was possible to bring out from, from uh, Emile Peinot, because Emile Peinot was a Vulcan of uh, ideas uh, in order to... Because Peinot was not a, a professor of university, studying to be, become a professor. He was a, a cellarmeister, a practitioner, and he studied in the evening to become a professor. And so he passed through all the steps to produce wines, all the problems we could have in the cellar, in the cellar, in the vineyard. And so it was really a person able to transmit global information about wine, you know, because maybe a professor is able to aid in a specific sector, but that doesn't have the, the total view of the production process, you know. But let me ask you, what was yeah. Giacomo Takis like? I mean, as a person, what was he like? He was a, a very clever man. He was an enologist, uh, studied in, uh, in Piemonte. He came from Piemonte. And um, he came in, in Tuscany in the, the 60s. In the same time uh, when uh, Emile Penot came here. And uh, he and Penot started to, to experiment uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, first of all, uh, in uh, Bulgaria, in Sassicaia, because uh, Solaya didn't, didn't exist. Uh, and why? Because uh, the family, the owner of uh, Sassicaia, the uh, Incisa della Rocchetta, are uh, relatives uh, with Antinori. And, and so um, they said to the Antinori's family, if you want to use uh, our soils to plant vineyards, please do that. And so Piero, uh, Giacomo, and uh, Peino, they made uh, this, uh, this new project. I remember I came here as a director of uh, Italian Association of Enologists. We made a, a, a meeting with the Tuscan enologist, uh, with Giacomo Takis, and he very... <laughs> I don't know in English, I would say timido. Timido means uh, a little bit afraid, you know. Uh, give us to taste uh, this experiment called, uh, probably the name was not uh, yet uh, found. Then it became Sasikai. <laughs> but it was already a very important uh, impression about, uh, about that. So it sounds like there was a generation of change, really. There was yeah. something happening. And also in the ownership model, right? Like sharecropping was moving exactly, away. Exactly. That was uh, very important. It was time in which, uh, I mean, uh, the 80s, in which uh, many uh, people from uh, industry, probably people coming from uh, countries, they went to, to Milan or to Rome, uh, and they made a lot of uh, money with industry, and they wanted to reinvest uh, uh, money in the, in, the, in the field. 
So they came back, and and they buy they bought uh, destroyed uh, properties, uh, abandoned the properties uh, with uh, a very very uh, low uh, investment. But they invest a lot uh, to rebuild, uh, to make uh, new cellars, uh, wineries. With uh, that, mo- that time was no so so expensive like uh, today. But uh, they introduce uh, stainless steel tanks. Uh, they introduce uh, press uh, filter, and the figure of analogies, because the analogies became more and more important to guide uh, the, the process of, of production uh, quality wines. And so we uh, became, after in the 90s, in which uh, we went uh, on the top of uh, the uh, economy was uh, very good. Uh, the, the other markets, most important, the United States markets, it was uh, some import uh, from uh, from the states to start to uh, to uh, import uh, um, wines, uh, high quality wines from small uh, wineries, and uh, so uh, American market uh, started to know uh, this uh, reality. So in that time, uh, a lot of uh, how I said before, a lot of uh, people. Having money uh, invested in uh, in, in our uh, activities, viticultural and analogous, uh, to make new vineyards, uh, to to use uh, the the new um, discover of uh, science. For instance, in in the case of Sangiovese, we saw that in the end of nineties. The Consortium of Chianti Classico uh, made a project of uh, um, selection of clones for Sangiovese. And we passed from 20 clones before and 130 today. And uh, this was very important, not only in order to increase the quality of each clone, but to find also the best position in order of uh, plantation for each clone, or uh, the best clone for each position, you know, the quality in general was uh, in in uh, increasing, you know. At that point, uh, was very important also the the function of uh, the climate change, even because we studied the the new clones in order with the climate we had in that years, in that time, you know. But, uh, I mean, what was the goal for the Sangiovese? What to anticipate the maturation? Because uh, in October, when uh, became the, the, the maturation in the time of Sangiovese, started to, to rain. And so we had uh, many vintages uh, bad uh, because of the, the rain. Or we had to, to spritz a lot of products against uh, botrytis because the rain means botrytis and so we had very good clones able to be mature before to resist to the disease uh, and the environment was uh, much better with less uh, disease uh, with uh, better climate 
And we today, of course, uh, we have to recognize that new varieties uh, went planted as uh, Chardonnay or uh, Sauvignon Blanc and so, and they, of course, uh, this kind of varieties are uh, maturation more uh, anticipated in comparison to the, the reds. But uh, today we started to to harvest uh, even in August, you know, <laughs> 15 years ago, 30 years ago, it was not, no, no one could think to, to harvest in, uh, in, in August or in September. You know? So it was a combination of the climate change, the clones changed, and the farming changed. And exactly. when you add those three things together, they add up to a lot more ripeness than any uh, just one of them. Exactly. With other problems, uh, for, for instance, uh, the problem in the reds uh, today is uh, to achieve at the right point of uh, polyphenols uh, maturation, uh, avoid to have uh, too much sugar because the, the polyphenol maturation becomes uh, after the uh, sugar maturation. And so uh, waiting for the polyphenols uh, maturation, we have the, the increasing of, uh, of uh, the, the sugars. And uh, that uh, means that the authority, the UA made a law which permit uh, to they alkalize the, the wine because uh, it's uh, really a problem today. It's uh, frequent uh, to find a uh, new uh, wine, uh, wines with uh, 16, uh, 15.5 degrees. And it's impossible to, to put a wine like that in a bottle. But so tell me, how did you end up in Greve in 92 with your own property? I mean, what happened that you started moving from <laughs> consulting analogist to someone who has his own farm? Okay, uh, as you can Im imagine, working so uh, many years uh, in consulting job, uh, uh, I asked me why I, I, <laughs> I could not have uh, my own uh, winery. So I, I, I went to see this uh, this property. It was so nice. It was there the uh, a vineyard of uh, three hectares uh, planted in 1925. So I was in love. By very nice position. Uh, everything uh, was okay. Fiore family buy this property, and so we started at the beginning with five hectares of vineyards. Yuri was still in Burgundy to, to study. That's your son. My son, yes. Who works with you now at exactly. Poggio Scaletti. At Poggio Scaletti. And, uh, and he came uh, in 93. In the, in the, so I, I bought the, the, the winery. We started uh, for the beginning with Il Carbonaione from the, the very old uh, vineyard. The 19th, 1929, Exa right? Exactly. And which was one of the first vineyard planted after phylloxera destruction, because the phylloxera destruction became at, at the end of 18, uh, 1800. And then uh, in 1915, uh, uh, became the World War I. And so every, all the men uh, went to, to the, the war. And, uh, and then in that time, uh, the French uh, universities uh, found uh, the solution for the phylloxera. And so uh, we started to, to bottling uh, uh, Il Carbonaione, 
because I, des- I decided to call the winery Carbonaione. And the first uh, vintage was uh, 92. It's really good. That's like oh, my it, favorite Carbonaione. I really like the 92. Oh, yeah. And this was a very difficult vintage because it started to, to rain at the beginning of uh, October and uh, until Christmas was uh, rain. But uh, we went a very small quantity, surface quantity, and so in the calling uh, relatives and friends, uh, in two days we, we had the, the, the grapes in the, the cellar. And so we started uh, to this adventure. Then the years uh, after came uh, Yuri uh, with me. Uh, I had the possibility to enlarge the, the winery. Now we, uh, we have uh, 15 hectares in total. So what about the Il Carbagnone, though? How did you make it, you know? So, in that time, uh, no one, uh, one writer uh, gave more than 92, 93.2 Sangiovese. But the Merlot, 100 points. Sangiovese. Of course, uh, the, the situation in the Chianti Classico era is not, uh, is not very good. Because uh, the term Chianti is uh, a penalty. Because uh, in the mind of uh, the people, Chianti is popular wine. And so they don't understand why they have to pay 12 euros, 13, uh, 13 euros, etc. Started three years ago, three or four years ago, to propose to the um, uh, Consortio Chianti Classico to uh, maintain Chianti Classico very small, but to emphasize uh, the name of the village. Uh, Lamole, Ruffoli, uh, Panzano, or the other. But uh, it's a big uh, war. Why? Because the the negociants, they don't, don't like that because they cannot have uh, 10 labels. So, so uh, they buy Chianti Classico and they call it Chianti Classico. You know? So uh, the consumer knows immediately if it's a commercial or uh, is a producer, you know, because the producer call it with the name of the his area. And the commercial could not do that. So Appoggio Scoletti, yeah. when you do the Il Carbonione, yeah. what do you ferment in? In... Uh, Tanks, no, not so large, uh, 7,000 liter size. And uh, we, we tried at the beginning to, uh, to maintain uh, the um, identity of each uh, uh, vineyard. And then uh, in, uh, after the Marulati fermentation in, November, in December normally, uh, my son and, and, and me, we are going to taste the wines to look at the analysis and so And we decide, uh, first of all, uh, if the Carbonaione produ- production is okay for the vintage. And then to take uh, the, the best uh, uh, lots uh, we found uh, in all the, 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 the vintage. You know? And you said that you have to be a little careful with the anthrocyanins of Sangiovese especially in the beginning, the process. Oh, yes. Uh, there was a, a, 
researcher uh, Rocco Di Stefano, very important uh, professor of the University of Torino, and uh, he uh, found that uh, during uh, the first uh, steps of fermentation, uh, there is a, a compound uh, called uh, acetaldehyde, which is able to uh, connect it with uh, anthocyan. And uh, this connection uh, becomes um, a substance uh, which falls down. So he said, uh, because of uh, the... Uh, uh, to release the anthocyan in the mast is very easy at the, at the beginning because uh, the anthocyan are soluble in water, not in alcohol, even in alcohol, but in water. Uh, they they come out from 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 grabs immediately. So if we uh, wait uh, a certain not time but a certain activity uh, fermentation activity. Uh, when uh, the the yeast uh, was able to uh, transform around ten uh, percent of sugar, after that uh, the um, acetaldehyde uh, transforms, you know, and so there is no more the risk of this combination. So after uh, this uh, time uh, during with which. Uh, uh, the yeast consume ten uh, percent of sugar. We don't touch the the tank. We don't make a pump over. So after that, uh, we start with uh, the delistage. Uh, delistage, you know, is uh, to transfer the 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 must the liquid in another tank, leaving the the skins in the same, and then putting back uh, the the must over the skins with an hydraulic uh, movement, not a mechanic movement, to avoid any mechanic uh, action on the skins because any mechanic action uh, produce uh, solid parts in the must before and the wine after. And that uh, means uh, some uh, vegetal note uh, which could uh, remain uh, in, uh, in in the wine at the finish. You know? Another way to obtain uh, a good extraction is uh, to to cool the the grapes after crashing the grapes uh, until uh, ten degrees, and to maintain this temperature for ten days, uh, making a pump over twice a week, and then. Uh, we leave the temperature to, to, to increase until 15, 16 degrees, and then we put yeasts and the fermentation starts. And we obtain, uh, we made uh, at the beginning a comparison with the same uh, grape in two different tanks. And the, the system with uh, the maceration, cold maceration, had the finish in the wine more than 30% uh, of color in comparison to the other. So it sets the color better. Yeah, yeah. So what's been the difference doing Sangiovese in Tuscany versus Sangiovese in Romagna? Because you also have Castelluccio in Romagna. It's a question of uh, climate, because of uh, in uh, in Romagna the climate is uh, higher than in, in Toscana in the time of uh, of harvest, uh, 
starting from September. The temperature there is much, much higher than in, in Tuscany. So the sugar concentration is much, much more. And uh, probably I find uh, the Sangiovese of Romagna more round, not so rich in, uh, in, in, in tannin. Uh, even in the, the acidity is not, not so high. Romagna, Sangiovese, much more soft, much more round. Anyway, small difference. But it seems like a big difference in the market, you know, between... And in the market, uh, uh, play a role uh, the region, the name of the region. All the production of uh, Tuscany is high, even if, if it's uh, not very good. All the production of uh, Romagna is unknown. As, uh, people uh, look at it uh, like uh, <laughs> a poison. <laughs> no one writer are uh, writing uh, good uh, scores uh, for wine of uh, Romagna. But not, not only Romagna. Marca is the same thing. Uh, I don't know... Uh, Umbria, same thing, uh, Lazio. In Italy, if you have to buy a winery, please, Toscana or Piemonte. Don't spend money. <laughs> and Toscana and Piemonte, they have uh, people like Antinori, like uh, Frescobaldi, like Cesare della Rocchetta, so who made the image of, 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 of the Italian wine. In Piemonte, we have Gaia, we have Mascarello, we have a lot of uh, people able to sell the wine more than 100 euro per bottle, you know. Of course, this remains in, in, in the mind of the people. But uh, you also make white wine in Romania, right? Yes, a wine called Ronco de Re, in that case, at the end of the 70s, yeah, 70s, uh, I received a, a call from, uh, good morning, I'm uh, Gian Vittorio Baldi, and I, I, I'm a, a director, a movie director, and uh, I bought a, a property in Romagna because uh, I'm, I was born there, but uh, even I, I, I work in, uh, in Rome. I was in, in Rome too. And uh, he was, uh, uh, he has the mentality f for a new uh, project to find uh, one of the most uh, important uh, elements uh, in, in that job, you know. For instance, uh, he went to the university to ask uh, Who's the most uh, clever uh, student you have in agronomy? The professor said that. And so, before uh, Laurea, uh, he asked to plant the, the vineyard. In architecture, the same. was uh, In Rome, uh, he, he built a very nice uh, house made by Renzo Piano who was a student at the time, you know, he called me 
we met us, and uh, he said to me, I have uh, around uh, seven or eight hectares of vineyards uh, planted by this uh, young uh, agronomist. And I, I know that uh, you are a good uh, enologist, uh, and uh, I would like to, to make uh, the best wine of, uh, of Romania. Okay, we can try. And so he, uh, already in that time, he made uh, single vineyards, even as if the property was uh, very small. And uh, in fact, uh, the, the different wines uh, uh, are called uh, uh, Ronco del de Re, Ronco delle Ginestre, Ronco de Ciliegi. And on the label, there is the picture of the, the vineyard where, where it's produced. And uh, apart uh, San Giovese, uh, he told me that he had uh, a very small surface, less than uh, half hectare, in which he he told me he planted the uh, Sauvignon Blanc. And so I said, okay, but in that time it was no the seller or very was very pioneer, you know. And um, and so I said, okay, we, we can try to obtain a good uh, white wine. So for a couple of wine of uh, of year was impossible because of one time uh, I, I uh, arrived too late in, in the vineyard, so the, the concentration of sugar was too high. Another time, I don't remember what uh, what's happened. Anyway, the third time, I, I was able to, to pick up the grapes in the right moment. But uh, in that uh, year, the total quantity was very, very low. For, from a, a, half on, a half hectare, we obtain uh, no more than uh, 150 liter of wine, 150 liter. <laughs> and so I said, okay, anyway, we can uh, look what, what we obtain. So we put uh, the, this uh, wine in three big, uh, big bottles, Damigiane, 50 liters. And, uh, and they said, okay, put this uh, Damigiane in a, in a room without door, only deck, but without door. And then came the, the winter, snow, because uh, there is, uh, the snow comes uh, a lot. And so I, I went back uh, in the springtime. I went there. I, I, I made uh, work and so, and uh, in the end, uh, the, the the worker said to me, uh, Mister Fiore, you remember the tree Damigiane? Damigiane? Oh my God, I I forgot. <laughs> anyway, I said, okay, we can give the, give it to as gift to the workers, but uh, before it's better taste. Maybe maybe is uh, vinegar, and so he brought to me a glass with this one. No, 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 no. I said, no, please, this wine could put in bother because we can give a thousand lira as a gift to the workers, but uh, this must must go in bottle. And so I bought a, a small bottling system with a siphon and all open, plain air. <laughs> and so we put the bottle on the table, the bottle, the damigiane on the table, and down we uh, siphoned it off. Gravity, <laughs> we uh, full 
the uh, two two hundred bottles, more or less, and it was very very good result. What did it taste like? Oh, very rich, very uh, round, good body. Uh, not taste of, uh, of Sauvignon Blanc. Not not the characteristic of a uh, um, tomato or uh, something like this. Uh, anyway, after a month, we brought two bottles and we went to Luigi Veronelli. And uh, I said, uh, Gino, I have a surprise for you. Oh, well, I, I didn't uh, tell the, the history. And uh, you didn't tell him this is the one I forgot. <laughs> you didn't tell him that. No, I almost gave this to the workers. <laughs> How do you like it? Yeah, that's good. And he said, after he tasted the remains, uh, wondered, and he said, You have to sell this wine no less than 15,000 lire in that time in the uh, early 80s. Uh, one bottle of Barolo cost 800 lire. So 15,000 lire was an unbelievable price for, for an Italian wine. But uh, uh, this mister, the owner, was very, very good uh, marketing uh, mentality. And he was able to, to promote this wine and was able to put uh, this bottle on the table when came uh, Khrushchev one time in uh, official visit in uh, in Italy. And so, you know, uh, the, the fame of uh, this wine was, was uh, very known. Uh, and we still uh, produce now, but unfortunately we we had to replant the, vineyard, the vines because uh, it was uh, too old. But we don't obtain the same uh, style of wine. <laughs> anyway, it's a wine very able to live long, 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 long time. We tasted uh, uh, vintages of, uh, after 20 years, perfect, fresh like uh, a wine bought in, uh, two years ago. And uh, anyway, it was uh, one of the best... Uh, performance <laughs> how do you see things changing in the next 10 years you know you've been in tuscany for 40 years and you've been in romagna for several years as well how do you see things in the next decade for italian wine and for those two regions well in the next uh 10 years uh we have to consolidate uh our situation we have now, because, for instance, we have a big successful of El Brunello di Montalcino, Nobile di Montepulciano. Unfortunately, Chianti Classico is still one of the lower price uh, red wines uh, DOCG in Italy. We have to find a solution for that problem, because also um, the Chianti Classico area is. Uh, is a, a cultural, a cultural uh, area. Uh, we have uh, Firenze, Siena. We have uh, all the most important situation of the Italian history. 
And so it's stupid uh, to, to have uh, the possibility, the potential to have big, big wines uh, and don't, uh, don't have uh, the, the condition because of the competition we have from other, wi other wines, uh, which uh, use the, the, the name uh, and they reduce uh, the importance of, of the Chianti Classico, you know. We have to, to fade in that direction. But generally speaking, I think uh, the Toscana will remain one of the leaders of production of good wines in Italy. Piemonte too. The other region are able to increase uh, their uh, possibility, their potential of quality. But... For them, uh, it's very difficult to to create uh, the uh, image uh, which uh, already has uh, Tuscany and Piemonte. Vittorio Fiore has been in Tuscany for over 40 years, in Romagna as well, and he's looking ahead to what could be in the future for Italy as a whole. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you. Vittorio Fiore of Castelluccio in Romagna, Poggio Scaletti in Tuscany, and numerous consulting engagements throughout Italy. All Drink to That is hosted and produced by myself, Levy Dalton. Aaron Scala has contributed original pieces. Editorial assistance has been provided by Bill Kimsey. The show music was performed and composed by Rob Moose and Thomas Bartlett. Show artwork by Alicia Tenoyan. T-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, and so much more, including show stickers, notebooks, and even gift wrap are available for sale if you check the show website, alldrinktothatpod.com. That's I-L-L, drinktothatpod.com, which is the same place you'd go to sign up for our email list or to make one of the crucially important donations that help keep this show operating. You can donate from anywhere using PayPal or Stripe on the show website. Remember to hit subscribe or to follow this show in your favorite podcast app, please. That's super important to see every episode. And thank you for listening. This episode was made possible by Vinitaly, the world's largest wine fair, held each year in Verona, Italy.